Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby. And uh, I am so excited. Okay, I have to stop saying that because I say it every week. I'm so excited about my guest. But again, I can't help it. There are so many wonderful women in Northeastern Pennsylvania and well beyond who are doing some amazing things that I just really want you to learn about, see how you can get involved, get inspired, whatever it is that you take from the conversation today. Hopefully it will inspire you to do something. If it's not with this organization, maybe with another. So this week's guest, I always also like to say how I met my guest, because I think it's so important to being open to connect with people, whether you're at a mixer, a fundraiser, at the grocery store for crying out loud, you never know when you're going to meet someone and how you might be able to help one another out or just, just share the same interest. So Linda, I met, uh, Linda Armstrong loop. I met her, I think, gosh, I want to say it was probably at some kind of fundraiser years ago. And I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Cause as I was preparing for this today, I was thinking, gosh, I, I feel like I've known Linda for many years. Uh, I met her a long time ago, but I feel like it was at a women's luncheon or something like that. Cause I used to be uh, pretty active with the chambers and different things like that. Took a break and now I'm trying to get back out there because it is important. But Linda, I am also so well aware of her because she does amazing work uh, at Dress for Success of Luzerne County. And you might see her uh, in the local papers, on TV, and she's very visible and she's doing great stuff. So I'm always aware of her. So I'd like to say welcome, Linda. Thank you so much, Jean. It's nice to be here. And I will tell you how we met. I was part of the uh, 2010-2011, or no, 2011-2012 leadership. It was Leadership Wilkesbury at the time. And we, okay, backtrack. My home was destroyed in that 2011 flood in West Pittston. And to fight off a serious depression, I was, well, I had been part of, it was funny, our opening retreat with leadership was the weekend the flood hit and my house was underwater. And for over, for a year, I was not in my home and I was going to leadership just because I had nowhere else to go. And I was really trying to fend off like a serious depression and my I joined a group that wanted to do World Laughter Day, a celebration. And we had called you, one of our, our group mates knew you and said, hey, how about we'll get, you know, laughter yoga. And so that's how we met. It was, you know, I would have loved to have said it was at a luncheon discussing, but <laughs> it was at a, I'm sorry, it was at a pretty rough time of my life. But, um, you know, I'm here now and the house is gone. Um, life has changed and changed a lot better. Um, I believe that it was um, the great whomever, whatever's way to align me to where I need to be today. And it taught me a big lesson about the women we serve. And it put me at a level like it, it really, um, I, I remember one day um, I was fighting with my contractor as one does. Hmm. And I was screaming into the phone going, you don't know I'm homeless. I'm homeless. And four women from Ruth's place came in 
hugged me and said, wow, we feel bad for you. And we're truly like, hey, we feel sorry for you. And I'm like, okay, so homeless women actually feel bad for me. I was like, maybe if I pulled my head out of my behind, I should stop feeling bad for me too, because I had the means to fix a house. And, you know, I didn't belong in that house. I didn't belong in that house anymore. And so the universe, I believe when you're met with so many challenges and so much difficulty, the universe is saying, stop, go this way. Don't, don't go that way. So yeah. here my hands up and celebrated world laughter day. Yeah. Well, and, and I do remember, I felt like I met you before that though. That was the only thing I do remember. That was the leadership project. I do remember right. that. I thought we had met before, but I love what you're saying there about the universe. It, I mean, for me, I think that's so true, but I think that resonates with me this week because I've had some changes with uh, some of my marketing clients, some that like have actually where I relied on the money <laughs> in the yeah. coming year ahead. So now that's a change. But I wasn't in some of the situations I wasn't completely happy with the working relationship, with the work yeah. I was doing. And I think it's allowing me time to go, you know what? I think you need to look at where you want to be really, truly. Who are the people, you cl the clients you really should be working with, yeah. mutually interested and respect and see where you want to go. So yeah. what, what might seem like, you know, devastation, which is at times, I mean, mine's yeah. not devastation. I'm not trying to make that sound that way, but if we have challenges or something, it, it's a time to, to maybe recalibrate and see where it takes us. And as you mentioned now, uh, let's pick up there and say, so it took you in a different direction and tell us, tell us a little bit now where you're at. Well, um, as far as the house goes, um, I basically gave it back to the bank and they gave me a few dollars not to um, dump a bag of cement down the drains. And I graciously left a house um, that is so prone to be flooding and destroyed again. And um, it was actually almost a year, just over a year to the date where the flood hit that I met um, the most amazing man that we married and we bought a home in Pittston, way up on a hill. So if that ever floods, we're all running from the from the <laughs> that's going to come up the Susquehanna River. Um, but uh, so so personally, that put me in the direction. And I do know that that house in West Pittston would not have been conducive to my life now. Just wouldn't have worked. It, it was. It was a little, you know, shoebox. But anyway, it put me on par with the women I serve. And, and the mission of Dress for Success, Luzerne County, is to empower women to achieve economic independence. And we do this in three ways. We provide a network of support. We provide career-appropriate attire. And we provide the development tools a woman needs to thrive and work and in life. And, and I, I really proudly say, we don't just provide clothing, we do help to change lives. And that's, you know, that's the core of what's going on. And everybody sees the clothes. Everybody sees the shiny clothes, the jewelry, the purses, oh, look how pretty all this is. But what they don't see is, is the work. If you don't know how to work, if you didn't come from a background that you saw work, what would you know? What, what would you know 
to get up, go to work. And, and people, you know, in, and I'm going to say the middle class, like, what do you mean you don't know how to work? <laughs> what do you, well, you never saw it. You never saw what it looked like to see mom get dressed or, and get out or, or dad come home with a big paycheck. You, you didn't see that. So you don't know what it's like. So now we teach our women what it's like, what it's like not to be um, getting a TANF payment or, you know, not having to rely on SNAP benefits. And we, we rebuild and build life and make strong foundations. So, um, yeah, we, it, it's really a great situation. Well, I'm honored to be doing this work. It's sad that I feel, I, it's sad that there is a need for it, but yeah. I'm glad I'm here for it. Yeah. And you mentioned the clothes. It's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, that's what most people think of. I know for myself for years, like yeah. you think, oh, I'll, I have this blazer I'm not no. wearing anymore. And people no. bring the clothes and, <laughs> you know, but, and that's only, uh, it's a part of it, right? You know, yes, they need the clothes, but if they don't have the skills or right. even know what they want to do. So do you, to, how do you prepare them? Do you have like some training programs or education that you set them up with? Yeah. So we run a, a program here. Well, we have two things. If you notice in back of me, there's a computer. There's actually a few computers back there. Um, a printer, fax machine, um, a scanner. We have, that's our career center where we invite our women to come in, keep their resumes updated, do job searches if they need to. Um, you know how many households haven't had internet mm. during pandemic? You know, we left ours on and I know there were people outside like linking into it. Um, we invite them to come in, keep it updated. Uh, we'll, after we've worked with a woman, we'll give her a call and say, hey, how did you get that job? Did you, how was that interview? Uh, I didn't get it. Well, okay. How, what do you think? How come? Come on in. You know what? I got some lipsticks in. Yeah, we'll dangle it. We'll do. Hey, I got a pretty blouse for you. Come on in. But when she comes in, I'm looking at resumes. We're discussing the way she's presenting herself. What happened on that interview? Where are you applying? What's your focus? What's your job search? So, yeah, we do inter interview skills. We do resume building. But we also spend a lot of time doing communication workshops. Um, we do a series of what basically comes down to if you were doing corporate development classes, um, all about communication focused, effective listening, um, finding your personal strengths, setting goals, smart goals, SWOT analysis on your decision making. Um, things that, I mean, a lot of us need these skills to begin with, but yes, you've never had them. You don't know what they are. Um, so yeah, so we spent the pandemic um, a few days putting everything online and getting ready to do virtual workshops, but we also shored up our presentations and, and what we're doing and how we're doing it. That's great. Now, do you have some partnerships with, because obviously you can't do everything, but you must have really good relationships with maybe some other 
uh, local nonprofits that maybe they can, can they kind of help you out or partner to, to cover some education or some help with, with employment opportunities or anything? Well, employment opportunities, absolutely. Uh, we, we believe strongly in CareerLink. A lot of our women are not maybe a little comfortable going to CareerLink. So for example, if you just came out of jail, if you were incarcerated, the last place you really want to do is go into CareerLink. So uh, I talk to Christine Jensen at CareerLink and I'll say, hey, I'll clean them up and get them ready to go to you and give them some dignity back. When, depending on the situation they're coming from, there's a lot of dignity building. So you don't go through long-term chronic poverty, joblessness, homelessness, domestic violence without, without it affecting you. I mean, let's face it, it's, it's not a situation we wanna be in. So the first thing we do is we help build back confidence, dignity, that's a big thing. A woman comes in here and it's like, oh, nice to meet you, how do you do? Uh, let's take a walk and all of a sudden, a woman who's never shopped anywhere but the dollar store is now having a personal shopper. She has somebody who's helping her coordinate. And what we want is that, huh, aha moment when she's looking in the mirror and seeing somebody she doesn't know. I'm saying, but that's you. You can be whatever you want to be. I'll show you how. I'll show you how to get there. You could do this. You can absolutely do this. And, and we're here to help you. But we do partner with 42 um, community partners in the, in the area from Domestic Violence, Family Service Association, Luzerne County Community College, CareerLink, the EARN program, County Assistance Office, anywhere that's geared to help somebody rebuild their life through work, we're right there. We're, we're absolutely right there with them. Yeah. Cause there's so many components from childcare to yeah. mental health to regular, I shouldn't say regular mental health is part of health, but overall health, health care, getting mm -hmm. doctor's visits. There's so many aspects to, to adulting, let's say that, you know, that you have to take mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one thing with the uh, global pandemic has been called a she session meaning that women felt the effects of that um, of the covid of the covid shutdowns a lot more than men did and they say we're set back a generation in the workforce and that means a full generation of income equality pay equality has gone 36 years boom gone because why mom's got to be home with the kids right schools yeah. closed oh somebody has covid schools are closed how many times is she going to call in sick to an employer? <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, and people want to say, oh, we're very magnanimous. We're this, we're that. Come on. Come on. Schools closed. Daycares closed. There's a COVID exposure. It's bad enough with the weather. You know, what, what do you do? And, and unfortunately, a lot of women that we deal with don't have that backup. They don't have you know, the sister, mother, granddaughter, this, to jump in and help them. They don't have a support system that a lot of people in the middle class would take, you know, well, what do you mean? Well, where's their, you know, where's their mom? Where's their, 
I don't have one. Yeah. So, you know, so getting a woman back to work, making sure she has the security she needs to complete that is, is not easy. And we just give resources wherever we can. We, we share them. You know, you need childcare. How, how are you doing with this? How about your food? Are, are you okay? Are you eating properly? Do you need, do you have food insecurity issues? Because how many kids do? I mean, we're, you know, a lot of times our client population is vilified. Well, they're, they're those welfare mothers. They're sitting home getting rich on welfare. No, they're not. They're not. They're, um, the biggest consumers of SNAP, which is supplemental nutritional, right? They're children. Children. So those lazy kids should go out and get a job, you know? <laughs> like, oh, never mind kindergarten. Get a job. <laughs> You put know, them in the factories of the coal mines, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, get them, get them in the, yeah, put them in the, yeah, let's reopen the coal mines for six year olds. <laughs> to put them to work, yeah. Yeah, those lazy buggers. <laughs> Gosh, it's it's a shame. Um, you brought up uh, the, the pay inequity. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is something I find interesting, and I've had conversations with people that don't really understand that this still exists. Mm-hmm. This still exists. Like, it's, it's no worse joke. now. Yeah. It's worse now because, well, you know, it's, you know, inevitable she's home and, and jobs that are traditionally held by women, the CNAs, the nurses, although nurses are doing a lot better, the pandemic kind of showed us the importance of those. The retail, how many retail jobs are out? If you go to certain places that, who are trying to get you work, they're looking at distribution centers it's one of our biggest employers here so you know get your factory boots on because you're going to distribution center and i mean you could look it's good honest work it's absolutely good and it's part it's in an imperative part of the distribution and the supply chain as we found out but is that really what you want to do i mean shouldn't you have the freedom to if I meet a CNA, you know, a certified nurse's assistant, do you really want, what do you want to do? You want to be, do you see yourself as a nurse? You see yourself as an LPN? You see yourself as an RN? How about a physician's assistant? Don't shoot yourself low, go high, let's, let's go. Any level of work is good, is absolutely good, but don't limit yourself. And that's how, you know, women supporting women. There, there are certain careers that there's not a big pay inequity. But again, with the, you know, after the pandemic, we're seeing that, well, women kind of had to step back from the workforce for, you know, that, that frivolous choice we made to have children <laughs> populate our society. Mm. Mm. Is she uh, silly, bad decision, yeah. girl, you know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> now you mentioned um when we were talking before i hit the record button and i I want uh the audience to know and also because i'm unfamiliar what you you do something a prison program a program for women in prison what is that about i don't know really anything about that well people don't know because i don't actually 
come out as often, but um, I'm recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And with the grace of God and the fellowships, I've achieved um, September will be 38 years of sobriety. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's been all day. <laughs> I am sober all day, I tell people. And um, so I found a credential through New Roots. I was working with them. They came on as a partner agency. And I met a certified recovery specialist there. And she and I really connected. She, she and I, we, we talked the same talk. We walked the same walk. And I looked into the credentialing of what it would take to be a certified recovery specialist. And I took a few classes. I passed a test and became a certified recovery specialist. In comes the pandemic. We're shut down. Things are not going great out in the world. And I got a letter from, so pandemic, it's things open up and I got a letter from uh, the chaplain at Luzerne County Correctional Facility saying a woman named Rosie was arrested in August. She was wearing shorts and a tank top and her flip-flops broke when she was being arrested. It was February last year and she was getting out in prison in that outfit. And they were sending her to rehab. She was being released bed to bed. Is there something you can do? I was like, move over. That's what we're gonna do. So we um, used, sorry, we used some of our resources and packed a really nice suitcase for Rosie and got it to her with, you know, a card. Hey, we're, we're rooting for you. Let us know when you come out. And so I started to look up some numbers and realized that. 98% of the women incarcerated are mothers. 96% of them are in because of drug and alcohol mm. issues. So let's take a look. Let's say you were accused, accused of a crime and you had to stand trial or go in front of a judge. And you didn't have money to make bail because things are tight. So you're not getting out of jail. Then you're away two, three months. You haven't paid your rent. You lost your job. And your landlord threw all of this stuff you had into a dumpster and your apartment's now gone to someone else. If you had kids, hopefully somebody good in your family took them and they didn't end up in the, in the foster care system. So now what do you do? You basically have the shorts and flip-flops you got arrested in. So what we do is we use the CNA, the certified, the CRS um, credential, and we created Project Clean Break, which will meet a woman when she gets out, when, when the gates open to let her out, we're there with a suitcase. Hopefully we've met her and are setting up some sober housing situations. How about ID? The landlord threw out her purse and all her ID is gone. She doesn't have the money to get ID. <clears throat> we have it written into our budget that we will provide ID. We'll go, we'll take her to um, 
driver's license center and get her a copy of her ID. We'll help her get her credentials back. We will, um, first of all, we'll feed her. We'll make sure she's got a food source that she's not food insecure. What else does she have? Where is her insurance? Where is her, whatever she needs. We'll give her some breathing room and tomorrow, we're gonna get her to a meeting or um, some kind of sober situation. And in, in two, three days, we're gonna start with the job search because now she's she's got a conviction or something mm -hmm. on her record. Now who's gonna hire her? So what we've done is we've dug deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so a lot of people, and it's not just women in that situation, but we deal with women in that situation. It, 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 it's horrifying. So we did get um, permission. I go into Luzerne County Correctional Facility um, in cycles. I usually do 12 weeks where I'll go in every other Saturday morning. And if anybody knows me, they know I don't do Saturdays <laughs> on the job. I don't work weekends, but for this group, I do. And we'll take a workshop into them. Number one, for mental stimulation. Number two, I get to meet the women and build rapport with them. Let them know what we offer and what we want to offer for them. And then give them some tools to think about while they're still doing what they have to do. It was great. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were doing an effective listening exercise. And so picture there were 15 women in the room. Seven of them were blindfolded, putting together puzzles that a woman across from her sitting on her hands was trying to tell her what to do. Every guard in the facility was coming by and looking in like, what are you doing? We're like, it's good. And I'm walking among them and they're in their orange um, outfits and I'm just having a ball. And they're like, wow, okay. I realized when um, I didn't even know what I was putting together. And they're, I, they're little wooden puzzles that you would give to a three-year-old, but they didn't know that. And who was the person telling them what to do? What were they hearing? And we, we debrief on that. And we talk about thinking traps. Where is your mind? What do you, when you see, and we do some visual exercises, you know, the, the old lady, the young lady, what are you seeing here? Um, the duck or the bunny, what are you seeing here? And we, we start to talk about like, based on where you're at, what are you seeing and how are you doing? And how does this translate to what's going on in your life? So to a lot of people, they're kind of fun and little icebreaker exercises, but to somebody who's never been exposed to that, they could be pretty profound and showing them in a simple way. So we're going in there, we're making the connections, we're giving information, we're giving some something to think about, building that rapport, and then coming out. Like, what are you doing when you're out? We have, I have chased, vans going to rehabs all over the place <laughs> I, with suitcases. Wait, 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 here, here, here. Here's, here's some luggage. And to see the face of a woman who, um, like, wow, you remembered. 
He remembered me. I have letters, a letter from a woman that we did that with. We met her and I'll just read the, one of the most incredibly strong statements. Um, Linda, hello, thank you for writing me back. It felt so good to get mail. I don't have anyone besides you to write to or call. Mm -hmm. This is from a woman that I that I gave uh, material to get into. Well, she was going to a rehab and she's doing quite well at a rehab now. She's got some sober time together. So she was released. We gave her clothes to fit, shoes that were never worn, underwear. Come on. I mean, how many, how, how stuffed is your closet? Yeah. And, and to realize that somebody doesn't have underwear and not just underwear, but a packet of new underwear, a bra that fits, and yes, pants, a shirt, a selection of clothing, something to sleep in, toothpaste, shower gel. She wrote to me in her first letter, um, I love the, I gave her some Mary Kay products we had and the smell of the conditioner. This woman came out of jail, didn't smell great forever. And now she's talking about the smell of a conditioner. And quite frankly, it was a dollar bottle of suave shampoo and conditioner I gave her. So those things. And if that saves this woman's life. Wow. That's, I mean, all the things you're saying, it's like we have, and I won't speak for other people, but for myself, how we take so much for granted. I mean, especially the story you're saying, the woman, like her apartment's gone, everything she owned is gone to start from the ground floor up and have nothing, or in some cases, no one to help you. I mean, wow, that's, that, that's, that's wonderful what you're doing with that program. Thank you. It, 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 I feel so bad. And the day I don't cry when I talk about something like this with one of my clients is the day I do need to go home and not come back. Um, I love this woman. And let's face it, you know me, a lot of people know me. I'm about as prickly as a cactus. <laughs> I'm not the warm, fuzzy, throw your arms around me type. And if I'm the only person she's got, wow, you know? So I owe a service to that woman and to any woman that reaches out for help. I owe her the best that I can have. And, you know, sure. You know, it hasn't all gone that well. Not everybody. I mean, the disease of addiction is pretty powerful. And one of the things about addiction is the, the relapse rate is part of it. But hey, I'm going to treat everybody, everybody that come, I come in contact with. Like, you know what? You can do this. If I did it, and that's what I said, look, if I did this, and I am no great shakes because when I'm in jail, you know, they see me, I make a special effort to get dressed well. I put on extra perfume because they all come in. It's like, Miss Lindsay, you smell great. Thank you. You know, I try, I laugh. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a flower in that room. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Give somebody something to aspire to. I'm not. <laughs> disrespecting them i'm not degrading them i'm like thank you for coming today I'm like well 
where do you think I'd go? Well, thank you for making this effort for me because, you know, and if I don't get somebody in that room crying every week, you know, I had a couple women and I was like, you know, I didn't feel like coming this morning. And I was saying that Lady Gaga song, I've got a million reasons, you know, to walk away. I said, but I only have a few, a few to be reasons why I came today. And they're like, oh, what was that? And I said, it was Jill. It was Amy. It was Sally. That's why I'm here today. And they're oh my God, you know, yeah, because they've got no one else. And over two years, I've been the only civilian to walk in and out of that jail. So, well, and you're showing them respect and giving them hope and just giving, showing them uh, some dignity. And that's, I think that program is wonderful. That sounds fantastic, really. Thank you. We've been fortunate. Yeah. Let's say it again that it has to, that it's, it's necessary, but what you're doing is great. And, you know, you mentioned new roots. They do such great work, new roots recovery yeah. in Wilkes-Barre. And I think they have yes. a place in Tamaqua and Hazleton and Hazleton. Yeah. I've been working as a marketing contractor with King's college and we're doing the about face program to, you know, educate about uh, opioid use disorder, remove the, the stigma around it. And so I've had the opportunity, the, the privilege to meet a lot of people who've shared yeah. their stories and, uh, I'll tell you, it's an eye opener for me. And, and it, it, you know, you talk about the relapse rate and I could see how it could get discouraging, but at the same time, like you said, you're going to treat all of them like with hope and you can do it. And it's so, I mean, it, it really is necessary that the people, uh, they could use hope and inspiration. And I think yeah. what you're, what you're doing, just being an example of who you are to say, look, this is what you can become is I think yeah. valuable right there. Yeah. You know, where I am on, I'm at 38 West Market Street. So I'm just up from the Market Street Bridge. And we know what goes on down that way. And three times I have had to use Narcan on people coming up from the river. Um, two times it was a blessing to watch somebody walk into an ambulance. And then unfortunately, I saw somebody zippered into a body bag. Mm. I mean, there's the reality. Um, well, how come you can get Narcan for free and my diabetes medicine costs me whatever? Why should you be paying that for you? Come on, let's, why, why should your life and health rely on your ability to pay? What do you want to do? What if it was your son or daughter? What if it was your mother? How would you feel? Because it's generational. And, um, you know, I do have, there's a Narcan right behind me. Yeah, I've, I've got mine here. Yep. <laughs> and the thing is, um, somebody came in here once and said, Mike, you have Narcan? I was like, don't be so um, amazed that I have Narcan. Feel sad that I've had to have it replaced several times. Like, feel bad that I know how to use it. I have to know how to use it and that I've had used it. So um, it, this is our world. This is everybody's world. And you could drive by it fast or you could really sit here and take a look and you could say, well, what can I do about it? You know, if you do one thing about it, you know, if, 
you know, if I could sit here and, and give somebody a new pair of jeans and a clean shirt to go to rehab, if I can go to Walmart and buy a $10 pair of sneakers so that somebody has shoes to wear, I'm going to do it. And that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, to, to your point though, it, for people who might think, well, you know, like the, the naysayers and bring that up, but yeah. you're right. It is our problem because it is the reality and it's not just, well, that's certain kind of people. No, it's anybody no, and everybody. It's, it can it's everybody. To. And yeah. you know, yeah. one thing that um, I'm going to say is that a few years ago when the whole um, Oxycontin, Oxycontin was the big push, if, um, if, if a white person went into an emergency room with, oh, I broke my finger. Here, take Oxy. If you were, if I was a woman of color and went in and said, I have this severed limb here. They're like, here's some, here's some Tylenol. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, they targeted a certain class of people and really pushed it. And, and this is what we now have. Uh, and it's, it's, it's scary. And now with fentanyl, and now there's a new thing called trank out uh, there. Yep. I mean, it's just as you get one, there's another. And um, again, it's not, you know, it's not them over there. It's the person at your dining table. It's the person who, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And the pandemic taught us a lot of things. And it, it did teach us that, you know, it taught me that my life is only as good as my neighbor's life, right? I'm, I live in Pittston, you know, I'm 30 feet from a house, I'm 20 feet from the other side, and I'm across the street from somebody. Which one of those people is going to be hungry? And it's not going to affect my life. Like, really? My husband and I spent time at the food pantry. We worked with Clancy at the um, Food Dignity Project. We were out there doing this work because how good was our life going to be? You know, when the great toilet paper shortage happened, you know, if I had 20 rolls, well, here's a roll of toilet paper. Here's, here's you know, a pork roast. Here's a gallon of milk. Like, really? Like, you could sit in your, you know, whatever splendor you think you live in and your neighbors are, 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 are wanting? I don't know. I'm not a Christian, but I believe in the Bible. And the Bible says stuff like that, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. maybe we should all take a, a look at that. I know the Quran does. Every, every spirituality says that. So why does this, you know, uh, pagan agnostic have to remind somebody what your duty is? So go hit your knees in church. You're going to need that forgiveness because you're a dirtbag. <laughs> you know, wow. I should be, you want to edit that out for me, please? <laughs> you know, Linda's there calling everyone dirtbags. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's, and there, there's a certain level, there's a very high level, in my opinion, of hypocrisy out there and all kinds of things going on. And we've kind of forgotten 
about humans, you know, like helping yeah. fellow humans, which unfortunately between the, you know, politics through the years and the pandemic thing, we're more torn apart than ever. And we need to get back to connection and human, yeah. see each other as human, regardless of the differences, yeah. because I believe we have so many similarities, yeah. you know, we're people who need purpose, who need food, yeah. a place to live, a job, who care about people who have family that we love, who love us. That's all yeah. similarities, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what, you know, I, that's where I look for, you know, when I'm out in the world, uh, the other day in Walmart, I ran into a former client who's doing incredibly well. And she'll send me an email. Hey, it was great seeing you. Like, what do you need? Where are you? Come and see me. I got some things for you. That's my way of saying, you know, come on in. I want to talk to you about your kids. I want to see where you're at. Or the waitress at Olive Garden the other day, like, wow, Miss Linda, is that you? Yeah, what's going on? How you been? Call me. We got to talk. You know, where are you? What are you doing? If just somebody out in the world cares that they're there and they like, you know, please give me a call. Uh, you know, so so it works for me. It yeah. works. And my husband, you know, he's he's a very giving, service oriented man. But when he starts with the, you know, it's like Miss Linda, and he's like, here we go. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey. he's like, really, Lynn? Do you have to know everybody? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm either giving the money or getting money. You know, I don't get money, but yeah, well, I'm either giving things or trying to get money. So it's like I'm a pass through. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> that's that's the perfect transition for me. I wanted to ask you. Tell us how people can help and what you need most. What could you use from people wherever, whether they're local and they want to help or if they want to, you know, make a donation from wherever. Okay. So the first thing everybody thinks of when they hear, oh, dress for success. They're going to tell me they have a ton of stuff in their closet for me. And I'm going to tell them, give it somewhere else. Because um, unless it's new, gently used and within five years old and career appropriate, we're not gonna use it. And it becomes more burdensome for us to move it along to, like I have right now in the back of my car, two 55 gallon drum bags filled with clothes that came through here that, and that's only in the last two weeks. Hmm. So I have to drag it out of the shop. I have to sort through a bag, drag it out of the shop, re get it out and then go. I don't have the, the capacity here to um, normally like I would rag it or somebody would, um, I would pay somebody to come or they would actually pay me for these clothes. It's just, you know, our client base is between 25 and 35 years old. Very often our aging population will say, oh, you know, like at least three, four times a week, you know, my grandma just passed away. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really, really sorry. You know, that's all right. She's been in that nursing home for 20 years. Okay. I'm finally getting around to cleaning out her closet. So let me get this straight. You have a 98 year old woman's clothes that have been in a closet for 20 years and you want who to wear them? <laughs> to wear? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's not going to work. We need updated, nothing over five years. And you know, it's funny, like 
well, I, I've been, I was pretty happening in the 80s. And we wore <laughs> high-waisted pleated pants. So to see a, a woman now who's under 30 pull up pants and she's trying to button them at her hips, I'm like, you got to pull that up. And she's like, oh, wow. Like, this is weird. I never wore pants that high. Yes, they're coming. High-waisted is coming back. Inspired high-waisted. Those pants in the 80s are not coming back now. I have seen things. Oh, I got these right from the dry cleaner. The dry cleaning tag said 1997. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't right from the dry cleaner. Um, so, yeah, uh, if shoes, you bend your shoes and they squeak, the glue is dried on them, throw them out. I, I can't risk giving our women substandard things, things that are out of, they want to feel good. I have heard comments like, well, if they have nothing, well, if they have nothing, shouldn't they get our best? Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't we give them? And like, oh, well, I guess if you say it that way, and I said, that's the only way I can say it. Yeah. I have had fights with people about wanting to donate um, their worn bras. <laughs> like, I open a bag and see lingerie worn. It goes in the garbage. I'm sorry. Like, well, somebody came in very angry with me. Who makes your policies? I'm like, the Board of Health. And my, myself, I don't want to go over your, well, I'm clean. Well, great. Then you deal with your underwear. I don't want it. Nobody <laughs> wants it. You know, let's go with dignity. Let's, I've got new, beautiful bras from Vanity Fair here. I'm happy to give those. Um, just, just the bare necessities and then something nice, something that's flattering to a woman, something that makes her feel really worthy. That's what yeah. we're doing. And it's it's not taking cast offs and people like, oh, this is beautiful. This, well, it, it was beautiful 20 years ago, 10 years ago. It's not now. And another thing is oftentimes older clothes, um, like back in my Wall Street days, most of my clothes were dry cleaned. Our women can't afford a dry cleaner. Like, so- yeah. It's not a once one use garment. It, so we have to we have a lot of considerations to make. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so don't go running to your closets and in the mountain. <laughs> come to me because I I give the worst looks. Like when people like I must like cut cut somebody up like, oh, I've got a ton. I'm like, what? <laughs> clothes like <laughs> how about instead tuck a 20 put a 20 dollar bill in an envelope and send it in um you can get us on our website luzernecounty.dressersuccess.org and make a cash donation we do need um our electricity and those highfalutin items like rent and there are things that we have to purchase that are not traditionally uh, donated, like scrubs. So let's say I had scrubs. Do you want to wear used scrubs? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you don't. Um, 
surgical shoes, uh, non-skid shoes. Like think about it next time you go out to dinner. Look at your look at your server. She's probably wearing black pants and non-skid shoes. Those shoes cost her $50. What if she didn't have $50? She wouldn't work. She couldn't get a job. So those are the things that we do. Um, we estimate it costs us about $250 to prepare a woman for a job interview. Costs about a thousand to get her prepared for an interview, onboard, get a resume, get a whole bunch of stuff done. So we do require funding for that. Yeah. And, and I will tell you, I will show my tax, I will show my tax returns. I'm not out there making big money, believe me. It, yeah. It's it's more important that I think the work we're doing is, is funded. Absolutely. Now, what about volunteers? Or do you, could you use some volunteers? Or I mean, I know every organization is different. Um, yes and no. Um, we do run a very tight ship here. I know everybody wants to like, oh, I could do resumes. Oh, no, you really can't. <laughs> Unless you actually do resumes. No, you can't. Um, we're, I'm very protective with, with our women. I'm very protective. I don't want them getting bad advice. I have fired volunteers who have said things. Um, one time a volunteer said, well, beggars can't be choosers. I said, thanks for your service. You need to go because nobody comes into this place begging. Nobody comes begging for anything. Um, making body comments, uh, you know, just innocently. Like, we don't do that. We don't do that. We give a woman some privacy, uh, let her get dressed. And then we get to know people. And I've made big mistakes in this area too. I mean, I, <laughs> big mistakes. So we're, I'm very cautious about the women, about putting anybody with, um, with a woman. Uh, yeah, we need help around the shop. We need clothes sorted. We need, you know, basic things like that. And, and it's, you know, not work that everybody wants to do. I get a lot of people that, oh, I want to go into the jail with you. I'm like, really, what do you want to do there? You want to be a spectator? Mm. Well, I'm not taking you to the zoo. Um, oh, do you think they would eat me alive in there? I said, like, oh, with that attitude, yeah. With that attitude, I'm going to eat you alive. So, <laughs> no, you can't come with me. <laughs> so, I think they're watching Orange is the New Black or something, yeah, right? They want an episode. Yeah, yeah and that's, yeah. <laughs> so we are very protective over that. So, um, yeah, there, there's different ways to help. I mean, if you want, you know, host a host a um, a party and make a fundraiser. You know, if you're part of an organization, do a purse bingo. I will come out. I will address your crowd. I'm at the point now where I don't come out unless there's going to be a um, a donation made. I just can't. I mean, it's 13 years I've been doing this and, you know, we really have to, I have to focus my energy where it really needs. And my clients are more important. Yeah. So if I get a phone call that, Hey, you know, she's out of jail, she's going to rehab. I got to take off. Sorry. Got to go. Bye. You know, that's my priority. And yeah. that's, 
you know, anybody that works here or that comes to dress for success, that should be the priority. Uh, and that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So um, those are all the thoughts and the, the ideas or questions that I had in my head that I wanted to ask you about. Is there anything before we wrap up here that you just want to make sure you say that we didn't talk about anything that you feel people need to know or anything else that you wanted to share? Let's be kind. You don't know what somebody else is going through. In conversations, um, actually, I saw a Facebook post a while back, a friend of mine made, and it was a woman pushing a stroller along 315. He's like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, she's out from the night before. I said, you know, hon, I look at that picture and I see a woman who's trying to get her kid to daycare so she can go to work. I don't know what you see, but let's think about it. Let's think about what not having a car in this area means. Let's think about, let's just put everything we take for granted and put it out. I had enough money to get gas in my car this morning. What if I didn't? What if I was waiting for payday? My car was on E, the light was going like, come on. Let's get to a gas station. What if I didn't have that money? What if I had to decide between that gas and a gallon of milk? You know, and and people want to see like, oh, look at that fancy cell phone they have, huh? And they've got food stamps. This is their lifeline to work. How are you going to work? They're doing job applications on these things. It's not it's not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. Yeah. So. Let's not be quick to judge the worst of us. Let's, you know, say, hey, they may have issues. I don't know about them. And, uh, you know, like I did an, it wasn't an experiment, but I did have somebody in my life that was, um, he had a DUI. And he was able to afford a very popular attorney in the area. So he got a slap on the wrist and um, had to do some community service. I had a woman serving time here on work release for the same charge that she couldn't afford the fancy lawyer. So I made him buy her dinner and sit and listen to her story. Like, really? Here's your reality. You could afford that attorney. She couldn't. Look what your life could be. So think about it. Think about it. It's it, everything is not as clear as we want it to be. And and give everybody give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they don't know what it's like to struggle. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't know what it's like to work. Maybe they have issues. They their kid really did get sick. Their daycare is closed just easy does it let let's let's get back to being those humans like pre like right after september 11th kind of how nice we were to each other yeah let's get back there and realize that you know the struggles are real and and that's that the struggles are real and somebody coming out of jail has has bigger issues than we could even expect we we want them you know, oh, you have to get a job. You have to do this. You have to do that. But we're not going to hire you because you have a record. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Now what do I do? Oh, you can go, you know, oh, go, go clean toilets, go do this, go do that. I'm sorry. I can't work there because I have a record. <laughs> I won't pass a background check. I won't get a house because I can't pass a background check. So what are you doing? Telling that person to go under the bridge now? Why don't you just go ahead and get high? Because that's all that's left for you. But now we're here and we're here to say, no, come on, we're going to help you. You've got a support system and it's, it's, it's your community. Yeah. Well, that's, thank you. <laughs> no, and it's a, it's, you're so right on, honestly. And, and I'll admit, I think all of us, I will freely admit I've judged, you know, throughout my of lifetime, course. I've judged and whether it's, you know, someone who, who might not have that much or someone who has a certain different opinion than me, I, we all do it. And it's a matter of trying to catch ourselves, not do it. And I love what you said, just consider like yesterday, I was literally on E going up the Morgan highway. And I was like, oh crap, I don't think there's any, you know, gas stations when I get yeah. up here and I just turned around because there was one at the bottom of the hill but I had yeah. money on me so I was fortunate yeah. I could do that not everybody is in that same position to do that so you're right a lot you're of people right. not in that situation and you know they're not in that situation and you know if you're making decisions between rent and food medication and food you know people have worked their lives I know when I was you know look at the flood Look what happened. I mean, I had retired from a very successful career in New York. And then the Susquehanna River decided to run through my living room. It cost me over $100,000 to rebuild a house that at the end of it wasn't worth $20,000. You know, well, FEMA came in and helped you. One of my neighbors said, oh, we heard you did well with FEMA. I was like, yeah, they gave me $24,000, which meant my life was in a mess. That's how good I did was good for me. And the other hundred that I had to rebuild a house that I didn't have a ton of people to come and rescue me and help me and, and paint for me and run electrical wire. So now what? And I had the money. So grateful that I had that going on. And I was great, grateful to leadership for, you know, keeping me out to keeping me out in the world because I just wanted to sit back and cry. Sometimes I still want to, but you know what? My life is, my life is where it needs to be. I have a wonderful husband. My family grew bigger. Um, it's really cool. Um, tomorrow is my birthday. Oh, beautiful flowers there. <laughs> Thank you. My board of directors. I mean, how could you not love somebody that brings you smidgens? <gasps> I know, right? And the good ones too. So um, yeah, so when I look at my life, I'm pretty grateful for all that I went through. Um, and I just wish that to any of the women we work with, I want them to see themselves as we see them and the potential. I don't work, I don't care. Dress for Success Luzerne County does not care where a woman's been. We just care where she's going. She's going to bring two to three children out of poverty with her. So we don't want to slap a Band-Aid on the problem. We really want to reach down and help help with that transition. Yeah. 
Well, and that's wonderful. And uh, as we wrap up, I just want to mention too, I know you just referenced your board of directors. So obviously, you know, I'm sure that they, they're great help as well. I mean, nothing is done alone. You need a lot of help yeah. from the community and people who are, right. you know, engaged in helping this, this mission. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, a very strong working board and they will tell you, and these are women that you've seen their faces, you know, their names, and they will tell you they're at a golf outing, selling raffle tickets. They're at a luncheon, um, hawking, whatever they're, um, we have two events coming up still in the year. We have a, a golf outing that we call Links for Success on Monday, June 26th at Huntsville. So if you're a golfer, here's your opportunity to play Huntsville if you're not a member. And our signature event is on Thursday, September 28th. And we call that the real diamonds of the Diamond City or this year, Diamonds Downtown. It'll be at the Westmoreland Club and there's your chance to win a one carat diamond. It's very real housewives. So sometimes for self-care, I'll watch the real housewives of any city. Here they had champagne glasses, each had a stone in it. So if I have 200 people, there'll be 199 CZs and glasses of champagne and one with a diamond in it. So you come and it's very, you know, oh, the jeweler puts it up and looks it's very, really chic and fun. And we have the uh, Wilkes hockey team comes and they serve as our diamond gyms and they will flirt with women and sell them raffle tickets. And <laughs> I got to put this on my calendar right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a really fun event and follow us on Facebook. I mean, we're big into social media. Look us up on the web, luzerncounty.dressforsuccess.org. And there's anyway, a number of ways to keep in touch with us, but uh, we do like enjoy an event. We do enjoy hosting and having great time with it. And it's a value. We, we give, we're women, we give value. That's and, right. <laughs> you know, and we want your money. So we'll, we're, we're willing to make you laugh and get you drunk for it. And, <laughs> you know, it's shameful. I haven't had a drink in 38 years, but you're going to come to my event. <laughs> pump you with booze until your wallet's loose. So <laughs> whatever it I, takes, whatever it takes. I've, I've, I've got a society to save here, you know, <laughs> in seriousness, it, it is, um, it's a good way to support the organization. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. So, and I will put in the show notes when this, uh, I release this podcast, I'll put in uh, the link to your website. And I know, right. um, as Linda mentioned, the social media, you guys do a great job on social media. So yeah. you're very present, you're out there. So check check out Dress for Success Luzerne County. I see on Instagram, Facebook, definitely very active, which is great. So thank you. Yeah. I want to thank you so much, Linda, for your time and for sharing and for what you're doing. It's, thank I know you. you're not the type that you're not looking for accolades, but you deserve it. Yeah. it you're doing wonderful work, honestly. So thank you. Thank you, Jean. If not me, then who? Well, I'm glad it's you. That's great. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you. I like to thank my listeners. Uh, we're into going to be into April here. This is airing in April and we have national humor month. So remember the value of laughter. I'll be having guests on during the month. Gab Vanessa coming from Pittsburgh. She'll be coming into Scranton in May. Super excited. 
doing a fundraiser, a comedy fundraiser, May 5th in downtown Scranton. She'll be talking at the Scranton Counseling Center and then in Honesdale on the 4th to the uh, at the Cooperage Project in Honesdale, a free talk about living with bipolar disorder, using humor. Mm-hmm. So there's some great topics coming up. I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll share this podcast. Um, again, what I'm trying to do, just inform, inspire, get the word out, get involved in something, whatever, you know, gets, you know, the wind behind your sails, whatever, as they say, whatever gets you excited and ignite it. Uh, so as I always say, I, I thank you for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass. (laughs) 